stand by for Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors with your host, Drew Kirby. Hey, this is Luke Holmes. I am Morgan Wallen. I'm Riley Green. I'm Travis Denning. Hey, I'm Aaron Lewis. Hey, it's Luke Bryan. I'm Tim McGraw. What's up? This is Ian Munsey. Ah, uh, this is Craig Moore. And you're listening to Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. My Country 95.5. Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors on My Country 95.5. All right, Janet, so we're toward the end of the year, and there may be people that are thinking, man, I really hate my job. I really hate getting up and doing a nine-to-five, and and there's an opportunity in life to move on and do things that you really want to do, and, and you're sitting in a room full of folks that are doing the thing that they love to do. They love to hunt, they love to fish, they love to be in the outdoors, but they also love to work in that area as well. That's right. The gang is all here. We have everybody kind of a, a stretch of folks from across the region that are here to talk a little bit about their careers and, and maybe even a little bit about how we all got into it. And you're right. We all love to be outdoors, to, to experience what Wyoming has to offer and to hunt and fish, but not all us are biologists in the Wyoming Game and Fish Department. Not all of us are game wardens. There is a large span of careers. And so I think that this is a great opportunity to let people know that just because um, maybe you didn't get a master's in zoology and physiology doesn't mean that you might not have an opportunity to work for the Wyoming Game and Fish Department. It brings up a great point because there may be folks that hear the term biologist thrown around a lot with, with game and fish, but may not think that they're actually biologists. I mean, you go to school, you get a four-year degree, and that's what it is. It's all about the, the science and the, the biology of it all. But you mentioned that there are jobs available that you don't have to have those types of degrees. And what are some that people may be interested to, to hear? You know, just kind of off the top of my head, I think an awareness that, that people don't realize is like, if you're a math cruncher, if you're great at math and that's really where you want to go, we have an entire headquarters that is filled with fantastic accountants, people that are CFOs that deal with, with our money, our budgets. Um, dealing with, you know, how, how do you get Matt Pollock his sign that was shot up by the public? You know, like all of those things that you might not think that, that people are employed with the Game and Fish with those backgrounds are. And it's really fantastic that we can offer those. You know, one of the things that I think people also miss a lot of is Matt Pollock, again, with Habitat and Access. That is a neat program that I think sometimes people don't realize what they do. Matt, do you want to tell us a little bit about what you do? Sure, Janet. So uh, as my title suggests, uh, half the time I work on habitat, wildlife habitats, now half the time I work on public access. The pretty cool part of my job is that uh, I get to spend a lot of time outdoors. I get to play with a lot of big uh, construction toys and go out and hurt the dirt and, and try to make better habitat or improve access for folks. So it's pretty rewarding, uh, rewarding job. But, you know, as, as you mentioned, we also have tons of other uh, people that, that support those of us that, that work in the field. We have, as you mentioned, accountants, we have land surveyors, we have graphic designers, we have communications people that, that, that write and 
maintain websites for us and uh, videographers. We're not all just uh, biologists and game wardens, as, as most people seem to think. Again, you know, Matt mentioned a great um, length of, of careers that we do have here. And so I think that that's pretty fantastic. Um, someone who may be able to um, also talk a lot about their career is Matt Hahn, who is with our fisheries division. And there's a lot of different jobs within fish division. And that's one thing that I think people maybe don't recognize. In fish division, we have, of course, fisheries biologists, uh, which is what my career has been in. Um, and the fish biologists go out and sample um, not just fish, but reptiles, amphibians, mollusks, crustaceans, any aquatic wildlife. Um, we're in charge of, of managing. And so a big part of the job is, of course, sport fish management, uh, where we go out and sample all summer, collect data on various fisheries, and then in the wintertime, crunch all that, all that data, write reports, make management recommendations, stocking recommendations, things like that. We also have biologists that specialize in native non-game both fish and herptiles, so uh, reptiles, amphibians, and then uh, uh, invertebrates as well. So there's there's very specialized biological jobs um, as well as the more broad uh, regional management jobs. On top of that, you know we have uh, AIS specialists that that focus on preventing the introduction of aquatic invasive species into the state. We've got positions in every region that focus on that. Um, those are those are full-time jobs. We also hire a lot of seasonal AIS inspectors, which is a really good way uh, to kind of get your foot in the door with the department. You know, we hire 50 some every year that are typically anywhere from five to nine month long positions. And those are currently being advertised, I think. They are. So, those, those jobs are open yeah. right now, and we'll be uh, filling those positions in the next several months. So, And there's no requirement. You don't need a college degree, um, anything like that, to apply for those jobs. If somebody just wants to try out uh, the Game and Fish Department as an employer, I think the only qualifications is that you're have a driver's license and you're 18 years old, I think. There's a lot of opportunity there. We also have a lot of fish hatcheries in the state. There's people that work at those that we call fish culturists and they live at the fish hatchery and they raise the fish and stock the fish. Of course, all of our positions pretty much hire seasonal uh, workers for the summertime. So like on the fish management crew here, we've got a couple permanent biologists and then every year we usually hire two to three seasonal fisheries technicians that are typically people that have a couple of years of college under their belt or they've just recently graduated and they're looking to get some experience. So and if I could just chime in, um, I've been extremely fortunate in my life in that I've had a variety of jobs and I've enjoyed every one of them and, and they've all been good organizations. But the Wyoming Game and Fish Department is on a whole nother level as far as the quality of the people that I work with day in and day out, they are just fantastic. We have an, uh, an incredible esprit de corps uh, where we are just all so proud to work for this outfit. I frequently look over my shoulder because I don't work a day. And, and, and I'm looking over my shoulder to see if anybody's noticing if they're paying me or not because it, it is such an enjoyable profession that uh, I'd probably come here and, and do it for free. I mean, I don't want a lot of people to know that, but uh, 
it's it it really is a, a top quality organization it's just filled with intelligent passionate people and and it's a pleasure to come to work every single day you can definitely find out more about getting a job with wyoming game and fish department at wgfte.wild.gov how about being a game warden we've got game warden talk coming up in just a few minutes you're listening to wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors my country 95.5 Welcome back to Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors, where we are talking with Game and Fish this week about employment with Game and Fish. If that's something that you are interested in, go to uh, wgft.wyo.gov. Uh, Matt Hahn is with us as well. And Matt, sometimes life is a little interesting, and you start working with somebody that ends up becoming one of your comrades. Yeah, literally. Brady Frude sitting next to me uh, started his game and fish career. 2009, yeah, he worked on the fish management crew here as a seasonal technician for a couple of years, and then he went off and became a game warden. And, and I would like to, to take a, a moment to introduce Brady Frude. He is in charge of a new program that Game and Fish is just starting when people think about Game and Fish, they think of that iconic Game Warden position, and that's what Brady is here to talk about. Yeah, thanks, Drew. It's uh, good to be on here with these guys. It's, we have a really exciting opportunity starting within the department where we've begun a new uh, work unit for recruiting, retaining, and training, trying to tap Wyoming's potential for those next really great um, Game Wardens that we're going to have here. And then we also plan on expanding into colleges around the country to see if there's some opportunity to bring folks here that would really excel in this fast-paced, exciting career that affords a lot of really good opportunities. Uh, we have an amazing state that people want to come and live from all over the country. We have some of the best resources in North America, certainly. It's just a very desirable place to be. So, Brady, in your exact case, actually, uh, you started as a young man and you stuck with it. What was the drive for you to stay with Game and Fish? I knew that I wanted to be a red shirt since I was a little kid. My dad and my brother and I were out fishing and were contacted by a game warden. And to see uh, the way that he handled the situation and just to observe like how cool in my eyes that job was, it really sparked a desire to be um to, to work in this type of field i did i wasn't planning on becoming a game warden when i was a little kid i just knew i wanted to wear a red shirt i wanted to be out where people were hunting and fishing i grew up in wyoming and born and raised here so i knew that wildlife and wild places is was my calling so it was a real easy jump for me to start out with the uh, department and uh, make a career of it so how do you go from working with matt hahn in the fisheries to advancing into doing the uh, game warden? Just a, a, a unique series of events, really. I, I used to tell people all the time, especially when I was young in my career, when I first got out of college, the very first job I got kind of really depended on the knowledge I had gotten in college. And it was based on what I knew from there on. It, you know, I, I got to see, I got to be in this office and see what the game wardens were doing, you know, and it was just a really cool looking opportunity. So I, I tested and was selected, and you know it's been a great career ever since. The part of this new program, recruitment, retention, and training, I mean, you fit the bill exactly, and I'm sure that that had a lot to do with you being chosen. So what would you tell a, a young 
man or woman or kid to get them to think about coming to Game and Fish for a career? Well, if they have an interest in wildlife and wild places, it's there's no better place to be than the Wyoming Game and Fish Department. There's opportunities to go out and work with the fish with the fish crew sampling fish. So you get a, like a lot of hands-on experience with wildlife. We're currently right now just starting a huge multi-million dollar collaring effort around the state where we're we've identified five focal mule deer herds. And so there's capture crews going around the state and um, capturing mule deer and doing some disease sampling on them and placing them with radio collars. There's there's a large carnivore section where they have opportunities to research uh, mountain lions and mountain lion movements and, and diets. And there's a lot of uh, bear research efforts going on where there's some hands-on opportunities to be up close and personal with both black bears and grizzly bears. It's just such a unique world of opportunity out there that is not afforded by just any old job. Yeah, so many opportunities. Brady, thank you so much. One more person today in the game warden world is Ryan Snell, who's brand new with Wyoming Game and Fish Department. Matter of fact, came up from Colorado. Ryan, is being a game warden something you've always wanted to do? When I was young, I, similar to Brady, was really interested in the outdoors and uh, really liked hunting and fishing, being outside. And actually, I, when I was 10 years old, I was lucky enough to go on a ride along myself with a, a game warden. And th from that day on, I wanted to be a game warden every day since. And I've been working towards getting there every day. And as I've gone on and gained more experience, I've only wanted to do the job more. And now that I am here in the, the position, uh, it's awesome and love the job and living the dream for sure. Man, that's quite a, a journey so far. Now, how did you get into the game warden position? So while I was in school, the the year before, I started the hiring process, which if you're interested in being game warden, you go through the process of being hired. I submitted my application and went through our testing. And then it was in February of this year when I did our in-person interviews for the game warden position. And it was there that I went through the selection process and was lucky enough to be selected to be a game warden. What was the training like that you had to go through for the game warden side of, of Game and Fish? Sure. So the biggest thing that we do, and I just finished, is the Law Enforcement Academy, which is about 14 weeks in Douglas. And there you learn all, the, all things law enforcement, learn how to do the game warden job. The other parts of my training really involve working with all of my coworkers and learning what they do. The great thing about being a game warden is you work with so many different people and you do so many different things. You're kind of the jack of all trades. So the rest of my training is working with everybody. I've worked with Matt, I've worked with the fisheries guys and learning what everybody does and going and actually getting out in the field and helping them with everything. So. It's such a great opportunity. Thanks again, Ryan and Brady, for giving us your your stories. If you're interested, wgfd.wyoga.gov. They've got all the job listings right there. It's one in hunting outdoors, my country, 95.5. All right, Brian, we're a week away from Christmas. That means there are last-minute shoppers that are coming through, and you guys got everything you need, stocking stuffers to big-game items. 
Yeah, we've got we've got it all, and we're in that final stretch here, so not much time to get it done. When uh, when someone's coming in to the uh, the store, and maybe they don't know what they need to get for uh, for their loved one that is an outdoor person, because that's why you'd be coming in there. But uh, you don't even stop at outdoor stuff. Grills are on fire right now. Literally on Literally. fire. Literally yeah. on fire. Yeah, yeah. We've got a lot of a lot of the Traeger uh, Traeger grills. We've got a little bit of uh, Green Mountain stuff, but uh, the Traeger grills, especially going into the holidays, where you've got a little bit extra time, where you know maybe you've been wanting to smoke that brisket and you just really haven't had the time. Yeah. Now's the time to do it. You know, if uh, if maybe you're trying to get a New Year's resolution where you start out, you know, cooking at home more, having a, a smoker is really a perfect idea. Oh, it's it's pretty easy and it's pretty fun, and there's a ton of different recipes out there and a lot of people that can uh, tell you how to do it uh shotguns uh bb guns 22s are all good ideas for youngsters to get them into the uh, love of the outdoors yeah 22 is kind of like the first kid's gun you know it's yeah. the first one your yep. grand grandparents gave you or your dad gave you and whether it's a, a little rascal or a, a keystone cricket you know that's that's the one we all kind of started with now when uh, when someone's coming in and i know that it's it's tough for for some people and uh you know the selection that you guys have and people are worried about it last minute shopping but really you guys have had a pretty good run of of shipment so that you're really not out of much of anything yeah, we've um, we've been done really really a good job of keeping in stock and especially all the key items. And then there's a lot of just little fun fun knickknacks too that are good for stocking stuffers. That oh, yeah. uh, we've, we're we're in pretty good shape. Well, make sure you stop in if if you're looking for that last minute gift for someone. Uh, what hours are you guys going to be open for the the remainder of this week? You know. Uh, Nine to six on today on on Sunday, and then we're eight to eight uh, Monday through Friday, and then Christmas Eve we're open eight to five. Okay, so there's still plenty of time. Last minute shoppers, if you're heading to a Christmas party, uh, gift cards are always a really good idea too, because then you can let them come get what they want. Yeah, real easy, and especially if um, if your loved one might have something on layaway, uh, it's kind of nice to get them a gift card that they can put towards their layaway so they can get it you know, taken care of. Get out there, check it out at Rocky Mountain Discount Sports, CY in Casper. Homing, hooking, and hunting outdoors on My Country 95.5. Well, Brian, the end of this year is coming around, and I know you've been out uh, doing some hunting with uh, goose hunting and duck hunting and pheasant hunting, upland bird hunting, and how the bird movement right now? You know, it's getting better. There's been a cold push from up north, and so uh, definitely moving some birds around, whether they stay or not, kind of depends on how long this white stuff stays on the ground. And it's really kind of interesting because uh, if I recall last year, we got a big snow in October, and then it kind of didn't get much until after the new year. But right. this year, we're, we're really early with the snow. Is, is it really affecting the way the birds are, are acting? Yeah. Um, you know, we don't have a whole lot of crops here to begin with. And then, you know, now we start getting the river that starts freezing up. And so when that river starts freezing up on the duck and goose hunting, you know, it changes their patterns pretty good. They, they need open water. So they're, they're looking for that open water. When, when you go out a hunt like this with the snow on the ground, uh, is there anything you can do to persuade the, those birds? No, you just need to be where they want to be. That's, that's the, that's the biggest thing. And, uh, 
you know, I think it's important to kind of watch the the birds in terms of you know how they're sitting and what they're doing. You know, this this time of year when it's this cold and the ice is really forming on that river and the lakes are starting to you know cap completely over, uh, a lot of those birds are just um, they're not out in the middle of the, of the river. They're hugging up along the edge or they're sitting up on that snow on the edge of the ice, uh, just trying to stay warm. You know, if I could, uh, if you were allowed to hunt on golf courses. It, mm-hmm. uh, it and it really frustrates the hunters to see the the bird sitting on the ninth green. But I think it, I think it affects. I think the uh, the uh, golfers would agree with us. You know, I mean, it, they, all yeah. they do is tear up those courses. So maybe we should start a petition, Drew. I like it. I, I think we <laughs> we could put a duck blind right. You know, on the sixth hole, and I, I think we'd be fine. Yeah, I. You know, <laughs> as uh, as we were winding down golf, I was having to jump over you know piles everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're a nuisance for sure. So you know we're gonna we're gonna do our part to help eliminate some of them. When uh, I know that you guys have been doing a, a lot of stuff with veterans and and hunting with veterans um, and taking them out to to Bob's and doing some goose hunting and, and upland bird hunting and now's a really good time to maybe get somebody interested if they're interested in hunting like that. Yeah, you know for us you know the uh, the end of the season here you know it. Goose season in this area, Casper area, ends, I think, on uh, February 12th. Duck season closes in January. But uh, our later season typically is when we get the majority of our birds uh, in the area. So, um, yeah, having the opportunity to take out some veterans or take someone that's uh, not hunted before, mm-hmm. whether it's an upland bird hunt out at Riverbend or if we're doing a duck or goose hunt, um, it's some great opportunities. Now, when uh, when someone's going out and you know you, you're trying to convince them, okay, yeah, you know, bird hunting is fun, and they don't get anything. How how do you convince somebody that this is a great time? Well, obviously, when you do a hunt like Riverbend Roosters, I mean, you're almost guaranteed to, to see your birds. You know, right. whether whether you hit them or not, it's another story, right? But uh, it's just a great opportunity to get out and get a little exercise, get the dogs running, get a, watch the, some dogs work. You know, whether you have pointers or some flushing labs, whatever whatever you've got. Um, you know, on the duck and goose side, it's it's hunting. You know, we're mm-hmm. you know all we can do is provide an opportunity, and you know. A lot of people say, "Man, you catch you catch a lot of big fish in the summer." Well, I also put an awful lot of days in. There's a lot of days I don't catch much, you yeah. know. Um, so um, you just have to put your time in and uh, and learn a little bit and be there for the for the experience and the opportunity you know, instead of just the harvest. And the love of the outdoors really is something that if if and I've talked to a lot of people over the last two weeks that have just moved here and have no idea about hunting. So. If it is an interest to you, finding someone you know, like yourself or, you know, anyone over Rocky Mountain Discount Sports that kind of give you a heads up. Yeah, you know, there's and there's a few like out there at Riverbend. I mean, if you uh, want to try the, the upland stuff or if you're really maybe can't get around as well and you just want to sit in a duck blind, I mean, they, they offer, offer uh, some some duck blinds and some, some guided duck and goose hunts. And some, maybe that's the opportunity for you. But um, just getting out there and, you know, even even a day like today where, you know, it's only going to be a high of the, in the 20s, mm-hmm. um, it can still be pretty enjoyable. It, it really is fun. And if you haven't ever done 
goose hunting or upland bird or whatever. Like Brian said, if you're looking for something to do other than sit on the couch and watch football, right? <laughs> uh, heading out to, to Bob's is, is a great option. It's close, and uh, he, they definitely know what they're doing out there. Well, if you have any questions, you can always stop in Rocky Mountain Discount Sports. And if you need gear, I'm, I know if you're a novice that doesn't really know what you're doing, that'd be a great place to start. Yeah, definitely uh, everything from entry level to some of the more technical stuff. But uh, it doesn't take a whole lot to be out in this weather, just as long as you're prepared for it. Absolutely, you're right. And to get prepared, you can stop by Rocky Mountain Discount Sports uh, anytime. CY Avenue in Casper. Another great show in the books. Thank you again for tuning in. Hit us up with the My Country 95.5 app for all of our previous episodes and to ask us any questions. Uh, next week, a Christmas episode of Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors.